Okay. That's Kelly. And that's McKinley. And you're watching <laughs> the Blessy <laughs> channel. Wait, no. No, you're listening to the Black and White Podcast. Kelly, I have no groceries in my house. I'm losing my mind. My boxes are still everywhere from moving. I feel like I'm going to have some sort of conniption if I haven't already. I think that that has maybe happened a couple of times, but yeah, what's a gal yeah. to do? I just moved two days ago and I already feel settled. So. I love that for you. You also were in the same building. Okay. So that is true. I um, envy you, you know, mm-hmm. state lines were crossed. I'm, I'm just over it. I feel like burnout is real and being able to, I'm like grateful to be able to do a podcast while working full time, but it is mm-hmm. challenging. Like I didn't sleep at all last night. I don't know what happened. I think it may have been one of those nights where I was just like, I don't know, thinking about all that I had going on and I couldn't shut my brain off. Well, and I was going to say, you have a lot going on right now. Okay. But I feel like people have been saying that to me for the past four years. Well, you've had a lot going on and it continues. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just because it's been true for a while doesn't mean it still isn't true. This is true. Yeah. I just (laughs) like, very all the truth. I just, oh my God, I'm just like white. I'm getting to the point where it's like the brain power is just dwindling, you know? I know. Like, I'm so glad that we're doing this podcast too, though, because I feel like it gives us an opportunity to like stay connected, to keep in touch with each other, like to have this beautiful friendship that we have continue to flourish. Yes. And we get to share it with the world. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Do you see Coda back here? She's like, I do. Little Coda Bear. Oh, the baby girl. Um, okay, I feel like we may have started to talk about this in the last episode, our pilot episode, but um, which if you haven't listened to it, go check out our page wherever you listen to your podcast and you will have access to it. Let us know what you think. Feedback is always welcome. Um, always. But I think that we kind of started to touch on like how we became friends, but I don't really know how much we got in depth to all of that. Yeah. Because we talked about how we reconnected, but the reality is, is that we weren't really friends before. Like, I mean, we were like acquaintances, but we didn't like know each other very well when we were living in San Antonio. Okay. Of each other. Right. Right. I don't know if I told you this before. I actually envied you because even though we weren't like friend friends, we were like Facebook friends. And of yeah. course, and like, I felt the same about you. Yeah. <laughs> we love that. It's just yeah. I literally like you were married, you had this beautiful wedding. Like you I remember even when you and Travis like closed on a house or built something. Like he was in dental school, you mm-hmm. had a successful husband, like um yep, you, yep. you know, did all these things like somebody mentioned to me the other day, it was like super interesting. And I hadn't thought about it from this perspective in a long time they mentioned like you did everything right. You know what I mean? Like you did everything right. And I think that our generation and the generation that um, raised us, I think that like we were 
it was ingrained into our head um, that we had to check all the boxes. Like you graduate mm-hmm. from high school, you go to college, you get a degree, you maybe start dating someone, you date them for a certain amount of time, you get married, you have kids soon after. Like there was no room for like variety. In Anything that. outside of that, that was it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I just think about us living in our little like suburbia growing up that was all that we saw around Mm -hmm. us. Like Mm -hmm. it's only recently that I have women in my life that I look up to that like aren't married or don't have family. Right. That wasn't a thing for me growing up. Right. Um, I was listening or not listening to, I was watching, what is that? Uh, Oh, the Duggar. Holy, I cannot believe we, I know that it's been like a few months since it's been released. But it was just, it's so crazy to me. I think about like how within institutions like the IBLP, um, Mm -hmm. I feel like there is this tendency for like, like the glorification of married couples and marriage. Like nobody really prepares you for it. Nobody really is like willing to actually walk you through the hardship of it all. Um, But they just say like magically figure it out you'll get here whatever this is the goal whatever um yeah yeah. it's almost romanticized in a similar way that like pregnancy i feel like can be romanticized yeah of like i just want to be pregnant i want to be pregnant but it's like yeah but then there's a human child that you have to raise right that comes after a very long time yeah did you it's not just about the pregnancy right i feel like I, I, I may be completely off, but I think I read at one point that the amount of money spent on a child from the time that it's born to 18 years old, and this is probably old numbers, like pre-most recent inflation, um, and maybe, you know, it's like the more modest end of things, it was like $350,000. Yeah, I think I've heard like 200 or 250. Like it's it's insane. Yeah, I may have upped it in my mind because I know myself and I was. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. You're going to have a bougie little kid. Or they're going to be completely the opposite of me. And they're going to be like quiet and meek and meh, 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 meh. I know so many. You can be many. quiet and meek and bougie. I know, but I think, but I'm bougie. So I'm like, they're going to be the opposite of me where they're like, no, no, just normal. <laughs> just normal. <laughs> what a weird turn of events for you to just have a normal kid. Right? To have a normal life. Anything <laughs> Right. I, I find myself, like, welcoming boring these days. Like, this past weekend, yes. for example, I did nothing. I barely left my house. I barely talked to anyone. I stayed home. I unpacked boxes. I cleaned. I cooked. I did all of these things. And it wasn't until like Sunday night that I went out um, with some friends for drinks. And it's just so funny because I'm like, that probably is, it's very rare in my life and it doesn't happen nearly as much as it should, but it is so restorative. I was, Mm -hmm. I felt so much better until last night when I couldn't sleep for whatever reason. But yeah, it's, I think I welcome boring. So it was funny. I think I was telling you the other day, the idea of like dating an accountant that who has parents from 
maybe not the first person, but the first person maybe in my adult life to tell me that you don't like to travel or that that's not like something you want to do. It's so funny to me, but I love that about I you. Know. <laughs> I know. I I feel like I'm just kind of embracing it. For a while, I was like, is this depression? And now I'm like, no, I think I just am a homebody. Yeah. Like, I enjoy being like in my environment with my people, with my stuff. Um, but I want to travel. Like I want to venture out and do that more. But I think you and I are just so opposite. Like even what you were saying earlier about how good it was for you to be like by yourself this weekend and to like have some alone time. For me, I'm like, I have so much alone time that I'm like, I've been trying to spend more time with people. And that's been really rejuvenating to me, which is very much so our introversion and extroversion. Right. But I regenerate by spending time by myself. Isn't that how you define? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do too, but it's like, there's a limit. Um, And I feel like I'm having to push myself outside of my comfort zone by finding people that I feel like I can be myself with. Yeah. The same self that I am when I'm just here in my apartment alone. Like I want to be able to be that same version of me with other people. I love that. Yeah. 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 It's been good. Well, um, if no one has picked up on it, we're talking about friendships today and boy, do we have a show for y'all. Um, Friendship. The three best, uh, two best friends. I don't know. What's the SpongeBob song? Yes. You may say, sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. We made a little outline and literally one of the bullet points is Kelly's friendship, friendship challenges. That's a whole bullet point here. I have many a friendship challenge in my okay, life. But I feel like there, you could totally expound on that. Like, I don't know. I, I So you mentioned like showing up authentically. Yes, on social media, which is a whole like whole ass ball game, if you will, because there's so much yes. room to hide all the things. Like we were, we've been talking about lately, me personally, I don't think that people perceive me the way that I actually am or the way that I perceive myself because of social media. Um, yeah, you are a little more curated than yeah. I am, I guess. Yeah, because I love design. I love art. I love architecture. And I think that's what you're going to see if you go to like my Instagram feed, you know, whatever. Um, but it's like people I've recently been told think that I am like rigid or un like welcoming, not hospitable as a person, not warm. And I'm, I'm like, well, first of all, thank you guys for jumping to those conclusions, <laughs> um, just based on social media, but also like I am human. I fuck up. I struggle with stuff. I make stupid financial decisions. I date the wrong people. Like all of these things I feel like is not what's broadcast. Um, and so I feel like for me, that's really defined um, you know, the divide between someone who maybe knows me on social media, um, or via social media, and then actually is in my kind of inner circle, because I think as we get older, like our inner circle changes, you know, what it means to be a Mm -hmm. good friend changes, you know, as our needs change. What does being a good friend look like for you right now? I think right now being a good friend is upholding boundaries and allowing me to uphold my boundaries. I am such a, like, I have so much trouble. I mean, I know like everybody does to a certain extent. I have a ton of trouble with small boundaries. Like 
if I'm sipping a glass of wine um, at home, it's like 8 p.m. I'm sitting watching TV, just wrapped up dinner, and I FaceTime a friend, which I love to do when I drink. I swear the alcohol just turns mm-hmm. me into more of a social butterfly. Um, I know. Yep. <laughs> I'm familiar. <laughs> yep. 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 Um, but I'll FaceTime someone and I know they're available. I'm, I know that they're at home. And if they don't answer, I'm going to keep calling. Like, <laughs> I don't love that. <laughs> that is so aggressive. I do not do that to people. <laughs> off at like three. Okay. Okay. Three, that's a lot. That's There's like actually an emergency. Well, if I if it's an like emergency, I'm not gonna FaceTime you. Saw, right? I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe you need to show me the emergency. Right. I don't know. Right. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah. I but I don't know. It's not like rapid fire. It's like I'm gonna call you back in a few minutes if you don't return my call. I gotcha. But I feel like you are actually surprisingly gracious about like respecting other people's boundaries, like mine specifically. I feel like I'm someone that like says no a lot or I'm like, I don't want to like, I don't, I don't know. And I feel like you are pretty good about like respecting that. You'll make it clear that you're not like happy about it, (laughs) but you truly do like make that clear and respect the boundary at the same time. Okay. I'm really happy to hear that. And I hope that that continues. Yes. And the part of you that like struggles to respect the boundary is very endearing. And it's like, it's like the part of you that just like wants to hang out and be right. together. And it's like, it's very sweet. I yeah. Think you do a good job. Well, thank you. I'm thinking just like <laughs> kid that is told to stop eating candy and there's like one more giant lollipop. And it's like, I'm not happy about it, but I've already like had, you know, my fair share you know, for today. So I'm okay with walking away. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I love that so much. Okay. You are still friends with your ex-husband. I am. I'm, I'm very good friends with my ex-husband. Yeah. And I was, and I think there was a little bit of a hiccup and by a little bit, I mean a lot of it. And I mean a lot of resentment which, mm-hmm. you know, moving back here, people have been like, do you think you're going to run into him? Blah, blah, blah. What is y'all's relationship? Of course, you know, these people, I feel comfortable mostly with them asking. Yeah. I don't think it's- To clarify, I'm- because you just moved from Denver back to San Antonio where your ex-husband lives. Exactly. Have you have you run into him since you've been back? I haven't um, outside of a 3 a.m. drunk phone call. Yeah, that's not really running into. That is actively pursuing. You know, <laughs> it happened. Okay, I was married to the man. Mm-hmm. I'm learning to give myself a little bit of grace. Mm-hmm. Um, emphasis on learning. But um, yeah, we proceeded to have like almost an hour long conversation. And it's just funny because the pieces of it that I do remember, I just remember they were very innocent. Like we never had, he and I never had like one last fuck or anything. Like it was just very like cold Turkey, which I'm grateful for. Um, Wait, did y'all fuck? No. What? Oh, I called. Okay. I thought that. 
okay, I was like, did this lead to something? Am I about to find out some very big information? Oh my God. I'm dying. I wait until we're recording to share that. Yeah. Yep. 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 Honestly, I might do that one day just to get your like genuine reaction. Do something crazy. I know. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Don't put it past me. Okay. So you have not run into him on your drunk phone call. I've not run into him. Um, I actually cut things off before because I was like, I was dealing with a lot of resentment and I think that that was made clear to him based on messages and calls and what have you. Um, but I kind of had this realization, like we can't be friends. I, I wanted so badly to be able to find myself in a place where I was like, okay, you know, he starts dating someone. I start dating someone. We're all friends. Like we all have similar interests, like whatever. We don't force it obviously. Um, and I was hoping that it would be, and maybe it will one day, I doubt it. Like I'm not holding my breath, but maybe um, it would come down to like, oh, we can go on double dates. Like they would run in the same circle of friends. What? Why? And I know because I think that I, well, you also have a little bit of a vendetta against this man. So put that in your back pocket for a hot minute. I only know what you have told me about him. I just don't think he's that great. Well, I'm okay. 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 I don't understand what it is about him that you want to be friends with. It feels like he didn't treat you the way that you deserve to be treated. Like he didn't respect you. Like to me, I'm like, I don't think he meets the standard of being your friend. Yeah. That's what I had to come to terms with. And I think it was you, you were like, McKinley, he doesn't. And like amongst other people, right? Like other friends that maybe became flaky or, um, you know, just didn't care for you well. I think mm-hmm. I came to realize by way of talking to you about it, you were like, he doesn't deserve access to you at all. But yeah. especially as a friend, you were like, you care for your people so deeply. And like, I would say the same, like once I, once you're my friend, like if you're in my life and mm-hmm. I admit you in to the chaos, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, it's all or nothing for me. Like I am a loyalist yeah. to my core, my Aries, sun, moon and rising 100% shines through in that loyalty is, I would say like a very large, like measure of life, mm-hmm. you know, for me. Yeah. So, yeah, um, all in all, we're not Not everyone deserves that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And, yeah, my ex and I are really good friends, but I will say when we were trying to decide if we were going to remain married or not and going through couples counseling, it became pretty clear to me that that was what our friendship or what our relationship was, was at its core a friendship. Yeah more so than a romantic relationship. And I think that that was the foundation of our relationship from the very beginning. And that's why him and I are still friends is because I feel like he's worthy of my friendship. Yeah. I um, obviously had a very different experience, but why do you think (laughs) that is like why like how talk me through like how you came to realize oh the basis of our relationship is friendship which is great but how did you get to the point where you realized i never moved past that yeah oh man i mean it was really hard decision um but 
I have, and I'm sure that we will talk about this at some point in the podcast, but I had experienced sexual trauma and it had absolutely impacted my sex life with Travis. And I think, you know, I was dissociating during sex. I was, you know, traumatized and didn't have the language to explain that. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't really know how to explain what was going on in my body. Right. Um, but I think to compensate for the fact that I was not connecting with Travis through sex, it was like, I leaned into the friendship side and that was so many people say that they like admired our marriage or thought that we looked like this perfect couple. Yes. I know you're one of them. And I think that what people were seeing were best friends that respected each other. Truly sidebar. Um, not to, I, I definitely want to circle back to what you were just saying. Cause I think there's a lot of like mm-hmm. good, but heavy stuff that was just mentioned. You guys kind of like, look like you could be brother and sister. <laughs> I know. Isn't that so sad? That is not true. Your ex. <laughs> true. Oh. Um, someone would have to be adopted there. Yeah, there would. Oh my God. I'm dying. <laughs> he's yep not me we'll put it that way um yeah i think i don't know how to feel about the fact that you look like your ex-husband but i think it's hilarious (laughs) like i I think it's so funny i'm indifferent towards it outside of just thinking holy shit that's hilarious well i think he's adorable so clearly i am just a little narcissist over here okay if i wish that was the definition of narcissist because then all the narcissists out there yeah would be lovely <laughs> right. or it would have the chance to be lovely. Like what? Anyway. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm like <laughs> dying. That is so funny. Do you think that because like, do you think that men and women, obviously you're friends with your ex, but it's, you don't live in the same city. You, I don't know how often you guys are talking these days. Well, we, okay. We did have, so we basically, when we decided to get divorced, it was so clear that it was the right thing for us to do. And it was so hard. And it's like, we needed each other's friendship Mm -hmm. to get through that. So I remember we laughed so much, like the two months that we still lived together after we had decided to split. And when we sold our house, there was so much laughter. Like we laughed at everything we could possibly like find funny because of how devastating the situation was. Um, but there was, so a couple of months after we separated, I started like, kind of like talking to another guy and like very casually, but I told Travis about it and he kind of freaked out. Like, it was like, he was okay with being friends when I was single, but when there was another person involved, it's like all of those feelings became a lot more real for him. Yeah. And so I had gone through like the whole divorce with him as my friend. And then like, you know, four, five months into the separation, maybe less than that. He was like, I can't be friends with you. Yeah. Like it's, it's too painful. And that I remember having that conversation with him. We had met in Austin um, because we were dog sitting for each other. Um, of that course was like you were. Kind of, of course how you we were. were maintaining contact. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I was devastated. I didn't think I was going to recover from 
not being able to be friends with him. Like we didn't talk for like a month. Like, oh, wow. It was the craziest. Yeah. Um, and it was my turn to respect his boundaries. Yeah. Because for me, I wanted him in my life. I wanted his friendship. But that was like the selfish thing for me. Like, he, that's not what he needed. Um, yeah. And fortunately, after some time, you know, time is so healing. And Travis has been so proactive about like being in therapy and like, really taking care of his mental and emotional health. Like eventually he got to a point where he felt like he could open that door to friendship again. Mm. Um, but man, like there was a lot of really intentional boundary setting that happened like to get us to where we are now. Right. Being friends. Right. I think that you guys have been on a super unique journey in that regard. Mm -hmm. Um, I was Travis in my situation, so I get it. Like it's, the reality of divorce or, you know, the reality of, of life, like hardships like that isn't solidified until you kind of see it in action. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like once my ex found himself in another relationship, I was like, well, fuck this yeah. is, it's like, it felt like it was like starting back at square one. Um, mm -hmm. And Meanwhile, I, I was actually telling a friend the other day, I realized I haven't been in a relationship, like a dating relationship since 2016. Is that when you and Brandon were dating? Yeah. When we started dating. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And oh my God, the roller coaster of finding yourself and realizing who your friends are and you know recovery yeah who shows up when you're going through some shit like that like a whole divorce means oh so much gosh. yeah yeah well and this is probably a good segue into um <laughs> something that i feel like is just as hard as divorce um or has been for me which is friendship breakups oh my I, god yeah i okay I went through a friendship breakup last year that was kind of surrounded by my divorce a little bit and her like not being supportive of me getting divorced. And it was just as painful as breaking up with Travis, if not more like to lose like a friend that I was really close to. Mm -hmm. um, and I've had a few friendship breakups in my life, which I don't know is normal. Have you had friendship breakups? I know of one. Okay. Okay. And was it, it was like a falling out. So, okay. It was a slow, I think, um, separation, if you will, you know, life kind of led us down just very opposing paths and that natural separation that you experience with people as you get older kind of played into it. Um, but I think that the bottom line, I kind of leaned away from the friendship while she, leaned into the friendship. And here's the thing. Mm. It was hard because she was a good friend for the majority of our friendship. We had known each other since college. She was loyal. Um, she even planned like my bachelorette party, just really lovely human. Um, and then the presidency that all but further America's ruin happened. I think we all know which one we're talking about. Um, and she was in support of, this sounds so 
ridiculous oh. saying out loud, but she was in, port, in support of a political candidate that I could not get behind. And the thing about it is like, here's the thing, like we talked about before, I am never going to pledge loyalty to a political candidate like outside of literally voting for them in the voting booth. You know, I'm not gonna have a sign in my yard. I'm not gonna have a bumper sticker. Like, it's just not my thing, whatever. If it's yours, fine. Um, but she was looking past needs that I had, experiences that mm. I had as a black woman living in America and disregarding them. And I mm. said, if you can do that to a friend that you've known for several years and you would call one of your best friends, who else can you easily do that to? And then I thought mm. about it. And for me, it was like, okay, to support her, not even beliefs, but like her way, her general way of thinking, I think really led to the realization that I'm supporting this lifestyle that she was after that would harm people who look like me. And that was my deal breaker. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, you know, she's kind of popped back in and tried to, you know, make amends and, you know, has done the whole like talking with um, mutual friends of ours to, you know, reach out. And I think that the effort is appreciated on my end um, from her, but I, I know the basis of like what I want in a friend. And even though, you know, yes, in this case, it was different, different political views. Um, it was bigger than that to me. It wasn't just like, I'll be oh, damned yeah. if I ever dwindle a friendship down to political views, you know? Um, so, so, yeah. Here's kind of a bold question. Do you have any friends who are like Trump supporters? Yes. Okay. So you do have friends that you disagree with politically. Yes. That didn't lead to a friendship breakup. Yep. Yep. For me, it was being able to see the ideals that this person mm. um, represented kind of infiltrate into other areas of her life. And I didn't love that. Yeah. Yeah. I see. And then, okay. of course, you know, yeah. the misinformation that she would insist on being re it just, it was just a very, very muddled, um, view of everything mm, yeah okay did i mean to use the word um, muddled did i mean muddied i don't know it doesn't matter <laughs> you understand what i, I don't mean. know <laughs> i know exactly what you meant i what i pictured was um what's the little mortar thing that you smash things up with like a molcajete yeah i pictured like what I pictured. yeah like something being muddled like fruit being muddled in a drink and that made me want a cocktail yeah. which i'm not gonna mm. do that right now but Maybe later. Mm. You never know. That does sound good. Like a mojito. Oh my so God. Like muddled strawberry. Oh my God. Stop. Mm. Stop. I'm going to go find that drink. <laughs> Make this it. my last week of being unemployed. I start a new job on Monday. So I got to go day drink while I can. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I'm, yeah, I hear that so loud and clear. Okay. Obviously, we have had a really interesting, like, unique story. Um, you know, having the same background, going our separate ways, reconnecting all of these things. Um, but I feel like making friends, like new friends as an adult is awkward. Um, 
you yes. never know what it's going to lead to. Like, nope. And I feel so vulnerable. Yeah. It is so vulnerable. It's weird. I think it's harder. I think making friends as an adult is harder than dating. I'm yeah. out here dating for the first time in over a decade. And I'm like, this makes more sense to me than making friends. There's clear boundaries. There's conversations that you know that you have to have. There's labels. There's breakups. There's engagements. Like, yeah, like miles ago. None of that. Yeah. 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 But there is. We just don't have the language for it. Mm -hmm. That's so, so interesting. It makes so me very uncomfortable. Yeah, same. Same, same, same. And we all know how uncomfortable dating makes me. Well, not uncomfortable. I'm just like over it. Um, but yeah, I would agree. Friendships are so hard to navigate. And I think at this point in my life, I'm 29, right? I have friends that are 22 and I have friends that are 45. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm in this kind of like limbo middle where, you know, I'm newly divorced, dating for the first time, making friends without like a man at my side, you know, having to either be introduced oh to gosh. people or introduce him, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I have to tell you a story. Yeah. Okay. When I was living in Temple, Texas, this was right before the pandemic happened. God bless you for living um, there. Travis yeah. and I had moved there for his job. And it was the first place that we moved that we actively were not going to church. So I was like, I'm like, I was had no intentions of joining a church when we lived there. Yes, and, and like, that's where you meet people. Yes. I was like, how in the world am I going to make friends? And I ended up making a lot of friends or a couple good friends through a yoga studio. Mm -hmm. so that's like a good tip. But before that, I literally, this was at the recommendation of my counselor at the time. I joined a Facebook group okay. <laughs> called, oh God. called, I think I may have told you this before. I don't think so. Stay it. Okay. I joined a Facebook group <laughs> called stay at home wives without kids. Oh. And it was like, <laughs> wow. Cause I wasn't working at the time. You were living my dream. You were living my dream. Yeah, and I was miserable. I was so miserable. Oh, I know you were. So, but so I got on this group and it's just all these women that are just like bored and lonely. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, they're in a Facebook group called stay at home wives without kids. Was so, it nationwide? Yes, it was. But you could like meet people through like subgroups. And I met someone that lived in Temple. And I was like, let's go get lunch. Yeah. Okay. It was horrible. <laughs> it was so bad. Like within like a few minutes, probably seconds, if I'm being honest, of meeting her, I knew this is not, there is not a connection. Here. Oh my and gosh. And we had lunch and, you know, I was... I was not like I, you know, we had a lovely time, but I had no intention of hanging out with her again. And she started talking about how she wanted to do game nights with our husbands. And I was like, oh my God. And I'm kind of freshly learning about boundaries and all right. of that. And I end up sending her a message later because she's like texting me and wants to hang out. And I basically was like, 
hey, I'm not really looking for new friends right now, which is so funny because that's the only reason I joined the group. Right. I was like, she probably was like, ghost her. Right. Right. I didn't want to ghost her. Like, I didn't know what to do. But I also was like, I'm not going to hang out with this person again. Okay. But can you like imagine if everybody were more straightforward that way instead of just like falling off the face of the earth? You know, I think it would be so much easier. Yeah. I really appreciate like direct forward communication. Yes. Just say, hey, this ain't it. Move on. Yeah. So simple, yeah. I think. I've had to do that with a couple of obviously men, but um, a couple of like girlfriends too. And one was recent. And, you know, we, had gotten each other's numbers. We, um, you know, connected. I don't even want to go into how because it's incriminating, but, um, Uh. (laughs) but basically, (laughs) basically, right. Um, basically I, I just kind of, you know, said, look, this is how, this is really, you know, what things are looking like from my perspective. Um, feel free to disagree, but I think I'm going to have to like take a step back basically. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that, you know, as we get older, it does get easier to just, you know, straight up say, this is not for me. And I think that, that can kind of span across so many different things in our lives. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, it's just, it's wild. I'm trying to think like, I, but here's the thing. I talk to everybody wherever I go. I have literally met friends in the grocery it's store. It's true. It's true. And it is, it is shocking every time At going out with you in public. I'm like, how does she live her life this way? <laughs> I, I don't know if I love that about myself because I've found myself in some sticky situations. Like, you know, you're just being nice. People think you're flirting or like whatever. It's just, you know, it is what it is, but I get in boundaries on my end. Um, so it's just funny because like, that's how I've met people. I've met people on apps, like, platonic girlfriend relationships on apps like Bumble BFF. That was Mm. literally like, I I have two specific friends that I'm thinking about right now that I met on Bumble BFF that are lifelong friends. One of them I'm in, I'm more in touch with than the other, but you know, if they, if either of them were like, Hey, I'm coming into town this weekend, I insist that they stayed with me, that kind of thing. Um, and then of course, like at work, but when like I work remote, you know, so it's like, I'm not going to meet people that way necessarily the way you would in an office. And I'll, you know, you'll go to a yoga class and you'll meet people that way. Um, you'll meet people kind of at the gym, but I also work out with a personal trainer. So it's like the only potential Mm -hmm. friend there is my trainer. Um, you know, well, and I, I mentioned earlier when I lived in Temple, I made friends at a yoga studio. Mm-hmm. It was a small, it was a small studio in a small town. Yeah, like there weren't that many people that went there, and I wasn't working. I was going there every day. I'm going to a yoga studio here in Denver, and I haven't met a single person. Yeah. It's a completely different dynamic. Like people just kind of show up and do their own thing and leave and. Um, I think it just depends on where you're at, yeah. like to see like how open people are in those kinds of settings. I think that I, if it's like a yoga studio or a workout, frankly, I don't want to be bothered. I want to be in and out. So I feel like mm-hmm. I would prefer to be at a studio where it's like, okay, we're all connected, you know, in some regard because we're all here together and, 
taking this class, but I think it's like beyond that, like why force it? You know what I mean? Like just mm-hmm. yeah. enjoy like centering yourself through the practice of yoga, get in, get out, move on. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, it's just something I've noticed. It's a very different, like cultural thing here is that people just seem to not be quite as open, but I met a girl, uh, or I made a friend through just regular Bumble, like not Bumble BFF, because I have my dating preferences open to both men and women. Yeah. Um, And so I had matched with a girl that was so cute. She was adorable. And she ended up messaging me and was like, hey, so I probably jumped the gun on starting like a Bumble profile. Like I probably should have just done a Bumble BFF. Like I'm really just looking for friends, but like you have such a cool energy and I feel like- I love that. Yes. Do you want to go get dinner? Like just as a friend. And I was like, absolutely. And we've hung out so many times. Like we just went to a baseball game together. We text all the time. Like it was like our, she set a boundary from the very beginning and I have a great friend because of it. Yes. Like, it's incredible. If I'm being but honest, that's I the think, key, I think. What is the key? Setting boundaries to begin with. Mm, yes. Yeah. I think you just have to be open and honest and vulnerable and know that you may be rejected. Yeah. <laughs> like you're putting your, you have to put yourself out there. Yeah. Okay. I have a question for you. Yeah. What was your mom's relationship like with her friends? Interesting. Okay. So my mom, first of all, I don't think my mom has ever had an enemy that she Mm. gained like doing something. Like she is just Mm. so loyal to her friends. Um, She has a lot of friends, but she has a closer inner circle. Um, She also was a teacher for her entire career. So they, you know, like these women were like in the trenches together, basically. Yeah. Um, and then she has a group of college friends. They're so cute. They get together. Like, I think I want to say once a quarter, if not once a month, because a few of them are retired now she's retired. Um, and they'll like rent a lake house and all meet at the lake house or go like on a, a wine, uh, tour weekend, like, or something. Oh. It's so cute. And my mom really leans into retirement that way, which I love for her. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, she's always, I've always seen her as a very loyal friend as someone who's always very celebrated because she was a teacher in, um, our hometown. I feel like I would go to the mall and people would literally see her and stop and talk to her. Like, you know, they were mm. her best friend and, you know, vice versa. And it's just so, funny. And I think that that's one of the things I really appreciate about my mom is, you know, she kind of has um, showed me what friendship looks like, like with other women, especially, which I feel like is important. Like the girls, the gays and the days we've got to band together. I just, Mm -hmm. you know, so. Oh my gosh. That is absolutely fascinating because as you're describing your mom, I'm like, that sounds like you. Yeah. Like, what about you? How was your mom with her friendships? (laughs) Uh, my mom has struggled with female friendships. She has a couple of friends that she's been like friends with for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has been really burned by women yeah. and specifically like women in the church. Oh. Um, when Imagine that. And my mom, my mom is a, like, she's an Enneagram eight. She's a challenger. Like she can be just kind of 
assertive and speaks her mind and is not like your typical quaint, submissive little Christian woman. Yeah. Like she always felt like she had to make herself small to fit in, like in a, in that environment. Mm -hmm. And she was in a very specific environment of Christian women. I've had to tell her, Hey, not all Christian women suck. Like, I know that you've had really bad experiences, but like, there are good ones too. There is a pretty, um, really hard hitting majority, but you know what? We'll unpack that another yes. time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But my mom, I growing up, like, I didn't feel like I really had female friendship modeled for me. And I think it's part of why I have struggled so much with friendships. My um, best friend in high school, I was super close with her. Like, um, like very, very, very attached to her. Um, and I, I think that part of that is because I didn't know how to have boundaries and how to have just like healthy, normal friendships. Cause I hadn't really seen that modeled for me. Yeah. So I'm still learning how to do that now. And I'm doing it alongside my mom, who's also trying to learn how to make friends now in her sixties. Yeah. Um, after like, she's left the church as well. And like, I'm so proud of my parents. I'm sure we'll talk about this as well, but they had kind of a falling out with their like church small group over my brother coming out um, and, you know, wanting to talk about like homosexuality within the church and their group uh, believed that, you know, homosexuality was a sin. And my parents were really struggling with that. And um, it led to like a lot of drama and fallout and, um, I like really am proud of my mom for that. Like, I know she lost a lot of friends because of that whole situation, but, um, man, quality over quantity. Right. Am I right? Right. It's like, <laughs> meanwhile, the associate pastor of that church, Mark, that leads the small group is cheating on his wife. Like what the fuck is the measurement of it? And that was no, hypothetical, the by the way. <laughs> I was going to say, no, <laughs> the lead pastor. Oh, uh, I, yeah. Did you not know that? You told you me that yesterday. That, right? Yep. 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 That is. The lead pastor in my church got caught having an affair. Yeah. And it, I had no emotional reaction at all. I was just like, yep, you don't think I did either. I was like, right. okay. Yeah. Wasn't even phased. I was like, yeah, of course he was. You know, my thing is like, if you're not monogamous, just lean into it. Jesus Christ. Anyway whole different mm -hmm. conversation um mm -hmm. and we will get to we that. absolutely will get to that but for now um thanks you all for joining us it has been another great episode we're so happy that you could listen in um please remember new episodes every tuesday um listen wherever you get your podcasts and we will see you next week bye, bye